Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, This was a podcast I actually did with a good friend of mine, Torlando Hakes, uh, over at Periodic. Uh, The podcast is called The Call to Action Podcast, and we covered a ton of different things, um, ranging from my LinkedIn strategy to how we're building brand here at OneClick, how to create demand, uh, a ton of other stuff that I love diving deep on. And this was one of my favorite talks on someone else's podcast, and he asked a ton of good questions. So hope you enjoy this. Hey, what's up, Sam? How you doing? Hey, man, going good. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm glad to have you. We've uh, we've been connected for a while. We've had a few uh, you know a few conversations back and forth. I think I did uh, you know your show with uh, with your partner, um, and we've just kind of been in this in this sphere together for a little while now. And it's and it's uh, I'm so glad to have you on my show now, um, so you can share a little bit of that wisdom that you got. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you were on the the leadership series that we do uh, with Tim Kroll. Tim's yeah. pretty awesome. He co hosts the podcast with me. So, yeah, yeah. Tim Tim's a, Tim's a cool dude. Um, for those who don't know Tim, I was browsing Hulu last night, and Tim is a logo a logo master. I saw him yeah. on TV. <laughs> I've watched both episodes so far of of Tim uh, on national television. It's, it's it's pretty cool seeing him on there. It is, yeah. I was just like, "Holy cow!" I know that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so I, so as I brought up the in the show, um, the landscape of how marketers need to market themselves uh, seems like it's changing, and maybe maybe it hasn't. Maybe it's not so much changing in that, um, you know, the the pure concepts and philosophies are changing, but I think the tactics are changing and and I largely see you as somebody who's a solid year maybe even 2 years ahead of the curve on other agencies what are what are some of the issues that you saw in the traditional way that marketers are going about promoting themselves compared to how you see it yeah um traditionally websites uh you'll you'll go to google and you'll search for a web dev agency, right? And whoever pops up first, that's probably who you'll go with, right? But as a consumer, that myself, like that's changing. Um, and what I mean by that is with uh, websites are expensive, right? They're not a quick purchase that you can make for 10 bucks. I mean, these are tens of thousands of dollars potentially for a website. So to go to Google and just search web development agency, looking for an agency to do a build for your company is a very vulnerable thing to do because you need to have someone you can trust. Um, So the way that we tackle this is we are winning long before someone goes to Google to search for a web development agency, which chances are they're not actually even doing that. I mean, just talking with with people, uh, our ideal customers, like that's that's not how they buy. They are it's word of mouth. It's who do I know through community, through social media, um, that does this work. 
Um, and what I mean by we are winning long before Google is we are creating demand before people even need us. And how you do that is just create valuable, helpful content that drives awareness to your company in, in an organic channel. So we don't do paid distribution. It's completely organic on LinkedIn. And then we play the long game. So we're really patient for when someone comes to us 100% inbound saying, hey, we need help with our website because they've been following our content for six months. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. And what I think is um, the difficult realization is that the, the, the nature of web development and web design is mature enough to where people are on their second and third company. Uh, and, and they, they've gone through the ropes. They've, they've got the battle wounds. Um, you know, I know that when I was running my uh, contracting small business, um, I went through a couple different marketing agencies who uh, just, they just didn't perform. You know, it seemed mm -hmm. like they were going to, you know, one of them, I found them through Google, like you mentioned, um, they were just really like a, an SEO crank out factory that, you know, just did all, you know, all they did was backlinking um, mm -hmm. and, and it, it didn't really, it wasn't really fruitful. Then I went and found another one that supposedly, you know, worked in my market and had other customers similar to mine. They didn't understand my market at all. Um, the, the campaigns fell flat instantly and, you know, they, and they did improve, you know, and I gave it time. And so I think that people have been burned. Um, people have this sense of, uh, you know, I know that marketing is working. I know that half of it's working. I just don't know which half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so you're right that finding a, uh, a marketing agency that can speak to your brand voice, that understands your needs, that understands your markets, um, that is a very risky proposition because every time you put uh, a, a, your marketing dollar towards an ad campaign, it's a little bit of a gamble. You don't know mm -hmm. if, you, you know, it's pulling the slot machine sometimes and you don't know if you're going to win or not. And so I like this. I like this idea of trying to win before they even get to the search. Mm -hmm. That's that's a hundred percent our goal with it. Um, and with a high ticket like item, like a website, you know, I said the price is is pretty high. I I don't think these days that many people are going to Google to make that purchase. Right. I just don't. They're going to Google to search for the brand that they've been following for six months because their content has been helpful and we've made an emotional connection with them that has built an affinity toward our brand. And that's the entire goal for us. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So how did you come to this realization? What, what was going on where you said, you know what, the stuff that we've been doing or the stuff that, we've, that we're seeing, um, this isn't what we're going to do. We're going to do something different. How did you come to that realization? Man, that's a tough one. Um, I think it was because I didn't want to sit down and do a massive blog post every single week or whatever it takes to rank with SEO. Um, I mean, if you ask me as a website guy, like what the best methods are for SEO, I couldn't even tell you. And I didn't want to learn it. And I'm like, there has to be a different way. So about 12 months ago, um, I heard that LinkedIn was an interesting platform. Obviously we sell to businesses, so our audience was there. And I just started putting out some content and um, 
you know, looking back, it was nothing pretty by any means, but you have to start somewhere. And it eventually built into something where it's like, okay, what do market? So we sell to marketers at B2B SaaS companies. What would be helpful to them? How do they respond to the comments? How do they talk? What is an interesting viewpoint for them that they would gain value from this? And I just started refining my content and getting better. Um, and even now, like there's stuff that doesn't hit home with people and that's okay. But I saw that, oh, I'm getting five or six directors of marketing liking this post. Oh, I had three VP of marketing uh, executives at a SaaS company comment on this post today. That's that's proof for me. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, the qualitative data that I need to know. Okay, this is something that I can continue because they're finding value in it and they're going to remember me. So six months down the road, when they do need a rebuild, um, they're going to come to us. And you just have to have the mindset that you're not trying to sell in the moment through LinkedIn. It's 100% providing value with no strings attached so that when someone needs your services down the road, they're going to come to you. How do you balance that with the need for business a day? Because I, I feel like, you know, that's for somebody who has a good pipeline and has, has built this up and, and, and it's a machine that's just kind of going, um, that's great. Uh, but what if you just hit a slump and sales are slow and you need you need to drive business today? How, how can I, you know, how can I convey to my team that no, we have to play the long game um, mm -hmm. even though the pipeline is, is kind of barren? I would say the best way to approach this is if you have a cash reservoir is to put some money behind paid. We have not done this, but what I mean by paid is not a direct response, uh, get an ebook or book a demo. This is two ungated content. So you pump your ideal traffic to it. And then it's almost like putting fuel on the fire to fast forward the process because hopefully you're going to be hitting more people that are ready to buy. And then they remember you, they like the content two weeks down the road, they go to Google and they search you and then they reach out. Um, that's how I would approach it. We haven't been to that point that we are just like, Oh, how do we generate yeah. traffic now? Um, th thankfully we've been in the place where we can play the long game. Um, which has worked. I mean, there are times when I'll put out a piece of content and I'll get a DM on LinkedIn saying, Hey, can we talk? Or I will connect with someone on LinkedIn and they just scroll through my content for 30 seconds and say they want to book a call. Um, that stuff happens, but it's not what I'm banking on. So if you need stuff now, then I would say you have to go the paid route. Um, but again, it's to get content out there faster um, and kind of add fuel to the fire. Yeah. And it's still not transactional content. It's, mm -hmm. still, it's still ungated in your opinion. It's not, it's not asking for an email in exchange for this, you know, bit of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, what is your philosophy on, on that? Cause there are different camps, you know, there are people coming from, you know, the HubSpot world where everything is gated and you want to get them into an email campaign and then email them until they die. Uh, as you know, there are some people coming up and it's like, no, we're going to, we're not going to gate this. We just want the, the content. What do you think are the, the advantages and disadvantages of both? And where would you point us? I am in the ungating camp, to be honest, we don't gate anything. 
the closest thing that we have to a gate is an email list, but it simply says, hey, this is to send you value each week before anybody else gets it. So if you want it in your inbox, like sign up. It's not to cadence the heck out of someone hoping they're going to buy or put them into an email nurture. It's it's simply this is value each week. Here it is. Take it or leave it. Um, so I'm 100% ungate everything just because people are going to get the content. And if it's good, they're going to remember you whether you take their email address or not. So why would you add friction to the process for an email address that you can go get on um, uh, seamless AI, for example? Right. There's so many services out there where you can just get an email address. Why not pay a couple cents on the dollar for that if that's the direction you want to go instead of adding friction to your content that you want people to see anyway? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I feel that way too. I mean, I just, just get the content out there because there are so many times where I see a compelling headline that would make me want to click. It's like, oh man, this this company hit my problem, you know, on the nose, mm -hmm. and then. I got to put in my email and I'm reluctant and oftentimes I don't because I know what happens on the other side of that. I know that my inbox is going to get cluttered with stuff. I know that somebody's going to try and reach out to me. I, I know that I'm not ready to buy. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think that's the big thing is like, I know if I'm not ready to buy, but I just am interested in the, in the content, then I'm not, I'm not willing to, give like it's, it's not an equal exchange to me there's been only one time that i've ever um it wasn't bought software but it was i just got a free trial because i saw an ad like a direct response ad on facebook that said sign up now and yeah. i ended up not really enjoying the tool it had some flaws um for, for what i was looking for it's always which brand is winning in organic that has made me remember them who has um, one, when it comes to reputation, because people are talking about them. Um, and the third is like, who's personable enough to like actually want to do business with. And I've been seeing them again for, for months. Um, yeah. there's only been one time that I've ever just came across something and said, Oh, I, I need that now, at least in the B2B world. Yeah, for sure. In your opinion, what makes content sticky? Like what makes, like you said, some, some of your stuff tanks, some of your stuff was really well. What mm -hmm. do you think? is the common thread behind the stuff that does well? Uh, there's two. The, the first one is if your content is clear and easy to consume, that's going to be really helpful, right? For engagement. The second is it, it needs to be actionable. So not just a theory about something, but a takeaway that they can apply right there. Because those are the posts that I save. I, I add them to my save file or my swipe file, whatever it is. So think about how you consume content and what is helpful to you. That's how you should be creating content for your audience. Um, make it clear and understandable, not too many words, and then um, make it actionable. Those are the two uh, like pros. And then the one you want to stay away from is content that is indirectly salesy will tank. So if you are trying to promote yourself in a backhanded way, um, it's just not going to go anywhere and people are going to smell that a mile away. So create the value, um, give them what they're looking for with no strings attached is exactly what I preach. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into some of these points here. Cause you get, you said clarity, you said actionable and then basically not salesy. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think? What is what constitutes clarity? Like how do how do we conceptualize those elements of clearness? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be concise, I guess is a great word. Uh, if you can put it in a sentence, then put it in a sentence. You don't have to necessarily expound on something. If someone's brain hurts when they're trying to read your content to figure out your point of view, then you you lost because people are not going to do that in the newsfeed. So you have to be quick, punchy, um, and get your point across early in the least amount of words as possible when it comes to content. Um, people, they don't have very high attention spans. Um and they're going to keep scrolling. So that's what I mean by clear. And it's a challenge. I get there are so many marketing concepts and tactics out there that really have been poorly explained that you can make easy for someone else. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about marketing is, is trying to not dumb it down, but just make it easier for people to understand. Like, oh, I never thought about it in that way. And that should be the goal when it comes to clarity in your in your content. Right. right. Yeah. And I, I truthfully feel like I struggle with this. I mean, I'm, I'm in a college town and most of my friends are academics. And so it's very easy for me to mm-hmm. this headspace of just, you know, high theoretical, high concept, um, you know, using using eloquence, using, you know, verbiage is just part of the culture where I live. And so finding and figuring out ways to, to make it simple um, is, is, it's harder than making it, you know, more elevated, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you fake your intelligence, even though you might be intelligent, people are going to tune you out, just make it easy to read and use the least amount of words as possible that can apply to your website, to your marketing, your content strategy, everything. Um, but obviously we're talking about LinkedIn and that's where I yeah. see it most. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you really have to put yourself you have to be self-aware as as a user of linkedin to understand how to to really perform for it like you have to pay attention to what actually makes you slow your scroll down and why you know the content that that actually makes you stop because Mm -hmm. there's so much i mean this the scroll almost doesn't end i mean you can get to the bottom yeah. <laughs> and then it will just take you to the top again with the new yeah. stuff that show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but you're like just paying attention to your own behaviors and thinking about how fast you're scrolling through things. Um, you have microseconds to capture somebody's attention. And I would say that probably what captures my attention most, like what makes me stop it is the name of the person. Cause if it's, because if I know that person and I know that they mm-hmm. produce content that I like, then I'm then I'm gonna stop. I do and the I'm same gonna, thing, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going so fast. Uh, if you're not a person who's who's known, how do you get people to slow the scroll? By becoming known in other ways. So they might not be paying attention to your content yet. But one of the things I did really early on was I was commenting on a lot of stuff. Um, truthfully, I, I don't have much time to be doing that anymore. I have a few people that I enjoy their content and I'll leave some comments on, but I don't have the um, bandwidth to do what I was doing a, a year ago where I would spend an hour, maybe two hours a day, just scrolling LinkedIn, finding, finding something interesting, leaving my two cents and really building connections with people that way because you can't really receive before you give. 
And one of the best ways to get engagement on a post is getting comments. So if you're giving that to someone else, a lot of times they'll, they'll do that for you, especially if you're two um, smaller names that are new to creating content. I, I think that's one of the best things I did early on. And honestly, I could continue to do that now and probably see more reach, but it's just not feasible for me to be doing constantly. Um, but if you have the time to put in, uh, I would highly recommend doing that. And people will start paying attention to your content. They'll see that you left a really interesting comment, probably go look at your profile and scroll through some of your content, probably give you a follow. Um, it's a great place to start if you're if you're new at LinkedIn. Well, that's, yeah, the it's really the law of reciprocation. You know, mm -hmm. People feel compelled to reciprocate when you're, when you're giving them. Um, it's just this instinctual, innate thing that people have to do. And I would probably add to that, I'll, you know, I'll just again, just kind of noticing and paying attention to what's happening. The, of the people that are posting and engaging with my stuff, it's a lot of it is getting from behind the post itself and uh, actually interacting, um, mm -hmm. you know, booking an introduction call and saying, hey, I just want to meet you. I don't have, you know, I don't have any agenda here i don't need i don't need your sale you know i just i just want to know who you are and i want to see if there's any any connection there the people that that engage with me the most are the people that i've met face to face mm -hmm. by far. yeah you just further the relationship in that way another thing that i did um early on was whoever commented on my post and there's no way again i could do this now just because of time um i would obviously respond to the comment but I would do the reciprocatory gesture of going, finding one of their posts. I would legit go to their profile, scroll through and comment and like on their most recent one and um, or their most recent piece of content. And I know that showed a lot of people, man, this is like he actually took the time to return the gesture and immediate. And eventually that starts to build on itself, where if you do it enough times, People want know that they're going to get likes and comments on their content, and you just—it's just like unspoken agreement, where hey, a like or a comment for a comment, um, and eventually, because of that, your content gets out there, and if if it's good, more people will um, start engaging with it. I guess that's kind of a key word: is you have to actually make good, engaging uh, content first and foremost. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So good, engaging content, making it clear um what was that what was that second piece we were talking about the second piece was um what was it make it clear oh actionable um yeah i mean you have to have a takeaway you can't just be talking about uh something that you maybe did that day but maybe it's something that you did and you learned from and someone else can as well your goal with the post should be for someone to have a takeaway that they remember oh, I need to try that the next time, or that's really interesting. I'm going to apply this to whatever it is I'm doing. Um, that's what I mean by actionable. Um, you have to give them a takeaway. Otherwise, it's it's going to be fluffy content that really doesn't help people. Yeah. Do you think that there's a danger in in creating an, an echo chamber? Because if, if we have to, you know, if, if consistency of posting is, is really important and key, which a lot of people say that it is. Um, you know, is there, is there a risk of posting ideas and content that isn't fully vetted? Um, you know, and, and I'm thinking maybe you just come up with an idea 
that you haven't even tried yet. And then you say, well, why don't you do this? But you have no idea. And then if you're a person with clout, then other people take that idea that hasn't been <laughs> tried and that they're preaching it as law. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we're just kind of in this weird echo chamber of ideas that may not actually be good. I mean, do you see this? Is this, am I, uh, <laughs> am I just being kind of neurotic here? Um, I don't see it too often, maybe because people aren't admitting that they haven't done it. Um, but I would say if you can definitely test it out or do a little research and see if people have done it and take a key takeaway from what they've been doing and say, this is what I see and here's how you can make it better. Or for example, one of, one of the things that I like to do to spark my creativity for content is to <laughs> see what people do that just is garbage. And yeah. I pick it apart as to why did that get zero likes and one comment? And I look at it and I'm like, oh, well, it's because they simply put the link to their blog post and then like an image and hope that people would click over to the blog, right? You're trying to pull traffic from one platform to another. And those are the sort of things that I see. Um, and then I write a post on it, not because I have done it, but because it's something that I see. And I'm like, this would probably be helpful for people to see that they shouldn't do this. So I'm going to write a post about it. And that's, that's how I go about it. Yeah. And, and, and it's little stuff like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the content is bad, but there's just these, you just have to be thinking critically about, mm -hmm. you know, why would LinkedIn not, uh, you know, wh why would they not uh, reward moving out of their platform? Mm -hmm. You have to th ask those questions, right? Like, well, they, you have to think as a consumer as well. Yeah. Like yeah. as a consumer, do I want to go away from LinkedIn? No. If someone posts a link to their YouTube channel, I very rarely will leave the channel that I'm in. I'm in there to scroll. I'm in there to build the relationships that I have. And the same is for Facebook and Instagram and, and TikTok, whatever it is you're on. The last thing you want to do is get pulled to go listen to long form content. I want an actionable takeaway that I can have now. And probably down the road, I'm going to remember your show or what or your blog or your YouTube channel. And I'm going to go look you up. So for example, I had been looking at Chris Walker's content on uh, LinkedIn for months, right? Mm -hmm. And I even listened to his show, his podcast, a couple of episodes, and I didn't like it. I was just like, this isn't really for me. But I really enjoyed his content on LinkedIn. And after three or four months, I'm like, I should give his show a, another try. Sure enough, I just didn't listen to it enough. And because I had been following his actionable clear, concise content on LinkedIn, I went and now it's like my top listen to podcasts. I really don't listen to any other podcast, right? Yeah. And it wasn't because he put the link to his podcast in the feed and said, hey guys, I have a new episode out today. Go check it out. It's not why. It's because he had such good content that I built an emotional connection to him and what he's putting out there that I remembered, man, I actually kind of want to go deeper on this. I'd like to find out more about what they do and like the long form content. And that's how I discovered the show. And now I am trying to recreate that exact process for what we do, because as a consumer, that's how I discovered a show. Now I want to recreate that process for someone else. And if you sit back and go, how was the, the last time I found a YouTube channel that I subscribed to? Oh, well, you know what? I I've been following their micro clips on Facebook uh, for a couple months and I subscribed, or maybe I 
had been following on Instagram because they had really cool content. And then I went and subscribed to their podcast or LinkedIn. And if you sit back and really reevaluate how you discover long form content, really stand in the shoes of your consumer or as a consumer, your audience, and truthfully figure out how you found someone the last time and just recreate it for your audience. Yeah. I, I think that's such, I, I do think that that is really sound advice because the, to me, the, the data centric marketing that has, has kind of taken over in the last uh, decade has really pulled out uh, the humanity and the intuition and the, uh, just the, the common sense that, that came, that where marketing came from, you know, marketing was very, uh, there, there was an art to it. There was, there was psychology to it. There's an in-depth understanding of your consumer and an empathy towards that and understanding culture and understanding how people think and feel. And I feel like in the last decade and, and nearly two decades that, uh, there's been such a huge focus on the data points, the, the, the impressions, the clicks, the click-through rate, the percentages, the session rates, all of that, that we forget to actually be creative and, and to think like a person sometimes in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. So um, the third, uh, remind me on the third thing then, because we, mm-hmm. got, we got clarity, we got actionable, and then it was not being overly salesy. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that one's pretty straightforward, but, um, by salesy, I mean, promotional. Um, so content marketing on LinkedIn or wherever you might be doing it is, should be a hundred percent educational and not promotional. And that's not my quote. It was someone that was on my podcast. So they, they come up with that one. I'm not the genius behind it. Right. But it's so profound. Because when you're creating content that is backhandedly promoting you, even though you're offering value, and I'm doing like the finger quotes, right? People see that and they recognize it and they want nothing to do with it. Yeah. So you have to create content with no strings attached that isn't saying how good you are. For example, I saw a post the other day um, about another agency that they were releasing content, right, about websites. And they were backhandedly saying how much revenue they've generated for the business this year, which is a cool accomplishment. But it's like, that's not content that people would really engage with as a buyer. Like, they'll probably start tuning you out if that's all you do. You have to offer, again, actionable and clear content to them that they're going to like engaging with instead of promoting yourself. It's not to get your business out there. It's to create an affinity to your brand so that when someone has a problem, they remember you because right now is probably not when they have that problem. Yeah. And and I think for a lot of people that that feels, um, feels counterproductive. Uh, I I think it really does because it's obvious that we're here to do business. Um, especially on Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, I feel like nobody is on LinkedIn to not do business. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like it's a professional it's platform, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Not one person is on there, uh, you know, to just like see pictures of people's grandkids. Like that, that's not happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is there to uh, to promote something. The 
what's what's the 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 catch with that is that they're there to promote they're not there to be promoted to Mm -hmm. and so if your if your audience is there thinking about themselves and they're not thinking about you and 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 what they could buy from you then that really that really forces you to think differently about how you approach it um you know how can you how can you give them what they want while still getting what you need and and i and i feel like that's really challenging to to mm-hmm. figure out the balance you you just have to do it you have to get some content out there test and see what works um throw some stuff in front of your audience and see what takes off you'll learn pretty quickly what your audience wants to consume because they're going to react with an an engagement most likely. Um, And I've learned real, real quickly to reevaluate what I've put out there. So for example, if, if I have a post that just doesn't do very well engagement wise, I know that is a vanity metric. um, And many people are like, you shouldn't measure the views and the, and the likes and the engagement. But when a post visibly does way worse than your past five, obviously there's something going on there that just wasn't good. And you should look at that measurement, right? You shouldn't obsess over it, but you should look at it. And a lot of times it's posts that I can kind of see where I was going through the back door and trying to be promotional. And I look at that and I'm like, you know what, was I trying to generate leads through this post or was I trying to generate value? And maybe they come to me down the road. And if it's, I'm trying to get a lead out of it, because I, I mentioned what we do, or I, I just lean way too much on the spotlight on me, then that's when I notice the content flops. Yeah. It's, are, are these strategies, so these are definitely strategies that you're doing for yourself. But are you mm-hmm. now recommending these things as uh, as strategies that your clients should be doing? Because you're, you're you're, uh, you work with marketers for B2B mm-hmm. SaaS, um, is there a similar approach there or is it just a different game for them? Um, I would say it's pretty much the exact same approach. We don't offer this as a service, but I sure right. talk about it a lot on our podcast and uh, with you know people like you. Um, yeah. So yeah, 100% applies to them. And this is the stuff that people are actually really curious about is how to do content marketing right. And I've, I've figured out that people enjoy that topic and eventually they're going to remember that I'm the one that that talks about it along with a lot of other people, but hopefully it speaks to them and they can do their own version of it uh, for either themselves or a brand. I mean, up until a month ago, we had done nothing with our our pers- our business LinkedIn page, but I'm like, you know what? Let's start playing around with it. And, you know, it's it's a lot different because it has like 300 likes on it or followers or whatever. So I get seven or eight um, likes on a post and of course, that's like less than what I would get on my personal profile, but that's like a lot on this brand new page. So I'm like excited again to test new things and try and see what are resonating with people from a brand perspective instead of a, a personal perspective on my personal account. So it's just starting all over again and, and seeing what works. And, you know, I think that uh, business pages are kind of uh, choked by the platform, but one algorithm change could change everything. And we're probably going to be months, if not years ahead of everyone else. So yeah. constantly be testing, playing around with things and and don't be afraid to start over with, let's say you already built a uh, business page and you want to do a personal or vice versa. I mean, it's always fun to, to try new things. Yeah, sure. Well, and I, and I think it's, I think what's, 
going back to one of your earlier points of you want to get in front of people long before they think about searching for a solution mm -hmm. on Google so that instead of searching for the solution on Google, they're just searching for your company. Yeah. Um, right. And that, that to me tracks, I, you mentioned Chris Walker, who I, I had on the a show a couple on the show, a couple episodes ago. And I, I kind of had that same experience where I wasn't sure about this guy, you know, there's mm -hmm. he's, he's obviously very intelligent. Um, there are a lot of sales, uh, terminology that, that he uses that, you know, at the beginning, I wasn't very familiar with, so I was like a little bit like, oh, what the heck is he mm -hmm. talking about? And, but the more that I, you know, just the more that he started popping up and the more I was just like, okay, this, I think this guy does have something to say. And I had that experience where curiosity that was built with the small clips made me want to search more. I like, I was just like, okay, mm -hmm. that's just a tidbit, but I want to know a little bit more. I want the long form if there is any. Mm -hmm. And it took it took a second to dig and find that, but eventually I did. And and yeah, like you, it's um it, it is it is really, really brilliant content. But I, I feel like what you are po uh, poised to do um you know with, with relation to your services is that if you're telling people this is how you market, this is how you market, and then when they go to find you and figure out how you actually do help people, it's it's that what are they where are they landing and how, how mm -hmm. does that experience look like? And so the the difference, and at least this is how we approach it at periodic as well, is that I do a ton of building problem awareness giving ideas, sharing, you know, I, to, in my opinion, especially in, in a business that's service-based, uh, business starts with a conversation. It starts with a booked appointment. And so mm -hmm. that's what I talk about. I talk about the importance of a conversation and getting, getting to the point of a conversation. That's, that's the most important thing in my view. But when you land on our business page, when you land on our website, that's where I feel like that's where we're allowed to pitch, mm -hmm. right? That's where yeah. we're allowed to say, this is the problem that we solve and this is the solution and this is why you should buy. Like that's the place, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's why you can capture demand on a website. It's there for that a lot when they, if they're getting to your website, they're ready to go to the next step. So just make it easy for them. And uh, a lot of times they've been consuming your content on organic awareness channels like LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is. And then when the time comes, they go to the website because they're ready for you to capture that demand and they're ready to reach out and start the, the sales process. Yeah. So when you're talking to your clients and you're you know, explaining these strategies of, you know, the, the idea that, okay, A, we don't help you with your promotional content or we, we don't help you with your LinkedIn we just build the website, but this is mm -hmm. what you need to do on your end in order to capture demand. And they're thinking, well, no, we want to just pr pr promote ads, you know, direct ads and send them to the, to the website. Do you run into issues where the, where they're um, frustrated by the performance because they're trying to send direct traffic with a, with a, you know, action-based ad of buy now? And then they land on the web page and, and they're getting 
traffic that's not quite ready to buy? Like, how do you how do you work with your customer to help them understand the long game in this approach? Honestly, it doesn't come up too much with them. A lot of times, so for us, we don't even uh, mess with the messaging and like the strategy behind the website. It is we help them design it, whether it's a mock-up or you know in the staging environment, whatever it is, uh, and we give feedback on. We, hey, we think that this will help you convert better here. Um, we think that this will help your online presence and your user experience, right? So we, we cover those things, but then ultimately we leave it up to them to refine their messaging, their copywriting, their flow, and then we just put it together for them. So honestly, it doesn't come up too much in conversation, um, but yeah, they already know our stance. Service, but you, yeah. Yeah, they know, they know our stance on it because they've been following us on on social for a long time. So they understand that we we get B2B marketing, which is cool. Um, they understand that we are, you know, very demand gen driven, brand driven. Um, so I think that actually does kind of help filter out those those um, instances. Uh, but we really haven't encountered it too much. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because because you're you have a clear line of where your services stop. And where yeah. they, you know, where they begin. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. But I could see where having, um, you know, just having that that longevity of, you know, this is the this is the content that we're producing. This is what they're listening to. This is what they're educating themselves on. That it would naturally fall into. They're coming to you because they are adopting these demand strategies mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when you um when you're when you're putting together a a plan for for the day um just on a on a daily basis what are some of your your go-to strategies for getting the content to convert into a conversation because you you mentioned that you you'll put this out and you'll get some i you'll get some dms you'll get some people who, who need to to talk to you um are you proactive at all? Maybe you don't need to be at this point, but are you proactive at all in trying to facilitate those DMs or try to get the, the DMs? Is there any DM strategy going on in your end? Uh, no, we don't do any outbound whatsoever on our end. Um, a lot of times it's we just sit and wait and people either come to our website or send me a message without me prompting it. And only twice uh yeah twice has it been someone that is a brand new connection i've been on linkedin for a year mm -hmm. and only twice have i gotten someone that says hey we would like to talk about our website that has never seen my content before all the other ones i go back and look and they've been connected to me for eight months because of a post i put out uh you know eight months ago and they've been following in the shadows eventually they reach out and they're like hey i've been really enjoying your content and i sit there like really well i never even saw you like a post it doesn't matter they're watching Obviously, I would never say that to them, but that's what I'm thinking, right? I'm just like, oh, really? I haven't seen you engage with anything. But people are watching because they're lurkers. And quite honestly, it's the lurkers that, that reach out and say they need help. Um, and that's what it's exactly what uh, we've seen happen. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I can confirm that. I, I had a conversation yesterday with a guy who had uh, never never liked or commented on a single thing and uh, and booked an appointment and said, I'm loving everything that you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say that for people who get disappointed that there aren't 
that there's not a lot of engagement, it doesn't mean that people aren't actually watching. And yeah, and, uh, there's a lot of people watching. Yeah, there's a lot of people watching, even if they're not, you know, sometimes the people who are engaging are, are doing it specifically because they're trying to be found by other people. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, yeah, they'll leave a comment, which you know what? Fine by me if you want to use me for that. Um, <laughs> you just leave a comment, you know. Obviously, you can see who's trying to promote themselves, but a lot of times people are, they understand the platform enough to leave valuable insights on other yeah. people's posts, even if it means like they're trying to generate traction for themselves. And you know what? I don't care. I've been there myself and it's a great yeah. place to get started. So I'm perfectly fine with it. Cool, man. Well, uh, I have, have appreciated this conversation. Um, if people want to know a little bit about what you do um, at One Click Agency, where do we send them? Um, you can go to oneclickagency.com. You can either use the number one or you can spell it out. doesn't matter. It goes to the same place. Uh, and where I hang out is LinkedIn 99% of the time. Uh, I have content I put out on a daily basis. So be sure to check that out if you're interested um, in learning more. Awesome. Well, we'll do that. And, and I, yeah, again, I highly recommend uh, connecting with this guy. A lot of value insight. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Sam. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me.